We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of the Budding Heads Podcast, proud part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am dealing with new recording software, so I accidentally just played the version of the intro where Sean McVay says he's not an idiot, which I don't remember when that was the theme of the pod, but that's apparently my iTunes library. Uh, and I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, the Rams are heading into the bye week three and three, you know? Like, not great. Could be worse, I guess. Yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, You know, admittedly, at the beginning of the season, I was hoping that there would be maybe just one, maybe two losses. But all things considered, the fact that we're heading in three and three is actually kind of a... uh, a blessing of sorts because there's very real possibility that the Rams didn't have maybe but one win. I I think like, okay, what would you have been less likely to believe at the start of the season that the Rams would start out three and three or that, well, I guess these are one and the same, like, is is it crazier that the Rams are three and three, or that the Rams are three and three and tied for first in the division? Because I feel like that second part is almost even wilder, considering how good this division has been over the last couple of years. I mean, to be honest, if I if I heard, you know, both parts, I'd be stunned. Like, <laughs> like that just it, it's just insanity, considering that you know you would have hoped that the Rams would have a better record. But, you know, the NFC West was considered the best division of football for the longest time. And now they're probably among the worst. <laughs> I think right now, I it's, first of all, it's insane that you can make the case that the NFC East is the best division in football and that the, or that the NFC West is the worst. Like, both of those things could potentially be true right now. Don't know if I buy that they're the best, but they're certainly significantly better than uh, than they've been in years. Through six games, record-wise, that's the best division in the league. I don't know if it actually is. I will say, I I don't think the Giants are a joke. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they're a Super Bowl contender, but I think they are a playoff team. Uh, I think the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender, and we can't sit here and talk shit about the Cowboys because they whooped our ass with a backup quarterback. So that's great. Another crazy thing is that in two weeks, 
the Seahawks Giants game will have playoff implications. You know, like all of this shit is stupid. I mean, it's just a wild week six in general. There was so many, you know, upsets that happened. And like, it was just, it's so bizarre. Like, this is easily one of the weirdest uh, NFL seasons in quite some time. It's just, you know, so many teams have bounced upwards. I mean, I mean, for for crying out loud, the Jets beat the Packers. Yeah. And Would like, you have predicted that? A massive upset, but like not that colossal of an upset. Like it's surprising, but like nobody fainted when they saw that box score. No, not really, but it's just, I mean, again, if you start the season of uh, 2022, there's no way in hell I'm picking the Jets to pick to beat the Packers. Yeah, Zach Wilson takes down Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Uh, it's all it's all insane. Well, <laughs> I mean, the good news for us is that it looked like potentially the Rams would also be in this shit tier of teams at two and four after dropping an embarrassing loss to the Carolina Panthers. Um, but you know they've pulled it out. I talked a lot of shit during that first half. In the second half, they did what they had to do. They took care of an awful football team. I'm not going to sit here and give them that much credit because they beat a team starting their third-string quarterback after firing their head coach while also having their third-best offensive player throw a temper tantrum in the middle of the game and quit the team. Like, this is not a game that should have even been in the realm of possibility for the defending Super Bowl champs to lose. But they didn't. I mean, how are you feeling after this? Yeah, it's it's incredible to me that uh, the Panthers are this bad. I I just couldn't help but think to myself just how bad the, the, the Panthers were. And mind you, yes, so of course, there's a lot of factors – you kind of just ran through them uh, just a minute ago about, you know, having your third string quarterback in there, having, you know, your head coach fired, you know, five games into the season. It, it, it was just it's incredible how bad they are. The Roby Anderson thing, I guess it happens. I mean, technically it just happened with the Rams, maybe not as dramatic as this, but, um, you know, Cam Hakers is no longer a thing, which we'll get into later. Uh, but yeah, it, the, the Panthers offense, like I, I remember, remember thinking to myself during this game, how awful, like the Panthers offense is compared to the Rams and the Rams offense was atrocious in this game, uh, at least in the first half, the second half, I guess they sort of found a solution. But yeah, when just when you think you have problems, another team pops up showing, damn, no, you, we have bigger problems than you'll ever have. Yeah, and like, I, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here, but Derek Downer, Derek Downer. I don't mean to be a Derek Downer, but like this was a game where. Like we said, they started P.J. Walker. No disrespect to him. He's a third-string quarterback. He is not even close to a NFL-caliber starting quarterback. Some people will tell you that, that none of those exist on the Panthers roster, but there are varying degrees, and he's clearly the worst one. And he looked like he didn't belong starting an NFL game. He threw for 60 yards in this game. Um, outside of Christian McCaffrey, the only player or the highest player total rushing or receiving in this game was Ian Thomas, who had two catches for 22 yards. P.J. Walker threw for 60. I think I just said that. And despite all this, Johnny, a Panthers offense that after the first drive literally did not move the ball the entire game successfully. They scored three offensive points. And still, Johnny, still, it took us until 11 seconds left in the third quarter to take the lead in this game. Like, the Panthers could not have looked worse. They literally could not have looked worse. And our offense was just so colossally bad until, to their credit, 
they did some things in the fourth quarter. Um, they had two great drives. But before that, like they didn't take the lead until 11 seconds left in the fourth in the third quarter. Yeah, it it was basically a testament of how bad the Rams offense truly was. And um you know, no disrespect to the Panthers, but they're not a very good we team. Can di- we can disrespect them. On- we can disrespect the Panthers. <laughs> they're they're maybe the worst team in the NFL. I mean, Shh. I'm trying to be respectful so they can send Christian McCaffrey over (laughs) with Austin Corbett. At full health, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. This variation of the Panthers that we played today, or Sunday, I think we can both agree the the Carolina Panthers that fielded the game, that took the field in this game, is the worst current team in the NFL. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's the under uh that's an over or understatement for that matter. Uh yeah, as long as PJ Walker is their quarterback, they they really ain't got nothing going for them. Really your your only sole offensive weapon that the Panthers have is McCaffrey. And boy is that guy trying his damnedest to do anything out there and and like you don't even need to really like you don't need to stop christian mccaffrey to beat the panthers because we really like didn't and it didn't matter at all they scored three points (laughs) well yeah i i mean maybe we didn't stop mccaffrey completely but at the same time yeah like you said they managed to score 10 points on us and it was basically because uh, the opening – it was the opening drive, right, where they where McCaffrey basically ran it down the field yeah, and got it, three points. It was that drive and then the pick six. So, like, their offense only scored three points. We gave no them No question, yeah. The, the pick six, oh, man. Oh, we'll probably touch a little on that later. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that just shows how awful it was. I mean, a quarterback only having 60 yards passing – it just says a lot. Yeah, and to defend PJ Walker a little bit, if Sam Darnold started this game, I would be saying the same shit. If if yeah, Baker yeah. started, I wouldn't. If Sam Darnold started this game, I would still say they're the worst team in the NFL. Well, yeah, uh, that's Sam Darnold. Honestly, is I'll never understand why he was that experiment happened, but. Yeah, at least with Baker Mayfield, they have, um, you know, at least a somewhat of a chance offensively. But yeah, with with Walker out there, no no chance. You you feel sorry for guys like Moore, who's just like wasted out there. I I yeah. feel so bad for that guy. What uh, a fucking I mean, colossal waste. He he finished what with like two yards. I uh, yeah yeah I think and I don't think this was his first two or. I don't think this was his first two-yard game of the season. Or three Damn. catches for seven yards, sorry. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. It's slightly better. You got five more yards there. Damn. Yeah, so not not his worst game of the season because he had a one-catch-for-two-yard game. In a win, <laughs> nonetheless. Wow. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't help but feel bad for the guy and fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's been tough. I, I only own him a little bit, but yeah, yeah, they're bad. So I guess, like, why I keep iterating they're bad is, it, you like, my opinion on the Rams has not changed since last week, even though they won this game, right? You can't, no. I mean, they. It's it would be one thing if they beat, you know, uh, somebody, you know, if they went out and, uh, beat a semi-decent team, this is not a semi-decent team. A- as you mentioned, Steve, this is quite possibly the worst team in the NFL as it stands right now. So, yeah, that, this is not something worth celebrating. Uh, yeah, great, you get a W. Our record doesn't look as bad going into the bye. But you should not be confident or overly confident heading into uh, the following week. 
No. Well, uh, luckily, we get a buy at a great time. And um, before we talk about, well, hey, we have a natural break. And I always just kind of stuff ads in here. So why don't we throw it to a sponsor real quick? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. So it's funny because we don't play the ads live. So I just said that in the middle of the pod. And it always feels funny when you say it and then say, we're back one second later. So before we get into like the long-term stuff, Johnny, I want to hear about you went to this game. It was your first time at SoFi. I want to hear some of the deets about your experience at SoFi. Okay. So um, I, I went to the game for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, it was cheap because <laughs> I, I had thought about going to the Cowboy game the previous week, but holy shit, it was between $250 and $300 to go to this game, and that's not even including parking, which is $70 on its own. Yeah. It's fucking um, insane. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, that's not exactly – I mean, there's parking like literally next to the uh, SoFi Stadium. This is in um, the forum, the Inglewood Forum that's in front of of SoFi Stadium. It's not that far. It's it's like a little walk away, so it's not it's not that bad. But still, if I'm paying seventy fucking dollars for parking, I I want I want to be right there, you know. But you know. What can you do? That's the price. Um, I can't say it's too different than when when I used to go to uh, the Coliseum. But yeah, so $70 to, to park. Um, I literally paid more for parking than I actually did my ticket. So yeah, let that, you know, settle with <laughs> you for a while. Um, but I have to say, though, the stadium is stunning. Like, my God, architecture. If you're into architecture, you're going to freaking jizz yourself when you see this. It, it's freaking phenomenal. Inside out, like, it, it's like you go from a very aged coliseum to SoFi Stadium. It's like night and day. It's it's ridiculously modern. Uh, very clean. Very beautiful. Um. So that that was great. But one of the things that I love when you first walk into SoFi is you literally see the the big score. Uh, I don't even know what the hell you call it. But the big round scoreboard. The Oculus, right? I think it's the proper name. Yeah, there you go. You, you see the Oculus from outside, dude. It greets you when you walk in. That is insanity. Like, I knew this thing was special. But for it to greet you from the outside, it's like, damn, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so um, there's literally not a bad seat in this house either um, because the Oculus helps a lot too. Because, yeah, since I paid for the cheap seats um, purposely just to kind of see what it would be like, honestly, you're fine in the cheap seats, man. There's no bad seat in this house. Um, yeah, I, I have zero complaints. The seats were much more comfortable than being at, at, uh, the Coliseum. 
And uh, I was previously at a few Dodger games. Uh, that's another heartbreak, but that's an <laughs> that's a story for another day. But uh, yeah, the uh, the seats compared to Dodger Stadium are way better. Um, and mind you, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you saying that the these are the most amazing stadium seats I've ever been in because they're not. But they're a lot more comfortable than what you basically have in the Coliseum. But you know, um, uh, completely unrelated. But it's funny talking to Mets fans saying how they were trying to avoid the Dodgers in the playoffs, and then they both lost to the same team. Yeah, <laughs> and it had to be the Padres too. I don't... And, and you know the funny thing is, I don't mind the Padres. It's Manny Machado. Cannot stand the guy. I, it sucked that he was a Dodger at one point, but eh, what can you do? Well, at least we got football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I the Oculus looks insane, and I mean, like you said, you were in the nosebleeds. I'm sure you could just even watch the game on the Oculus, and it would be worth paying to go in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I instantly forgot about the, the $70 uh, parking um, until I went back to the parking lot and man it, it's freaking horrible leaving uh sofi stadium the traffic there is insanity do yourself a favor wait until a lot of that traffic dies down grab yourself a hot dog from the the street vendors because let me tell you the food outside is much better than the food inside which is not a huge surprise but man one thing sofi needs to do up your food game, man. Your food sucks. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those hot dogs. And, like, I feel like it's 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 tough to simultaneously sell really expensive food and for it to suck. Like, you're going to sell a shitty, a really shitty stadium hot dog. Like, their, their hot dog looks like one of the worst stadium hot dogs I've ever seen. And I'm a sucker for a mediocre stadium hot dog. But, like... For it to be that expensive and be that awful, that that's that's rough. They they got to get it together. Yeah, especially because uh, again, going to Dodger Stadium, uh, they're known for their Dodger dogs, even though it's not as good as it used to be. But uh, yeah, Dodger dogs are much better. Um, I didn't actually try it to be fair, um, but I wasn't compelled to try it because they're the food just. Look like something that I would see at any like movie theater or something like that, and like probably double the price. So, yeah, I honestly like I I would kind of skip the food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I hope I get there at some point. Although, getting to the stadium, even if you're in LA, from you and every account I've heard, just seems like an absolute nightmare. Which stinks. Like, if you, like, I like in New York, like, Yankee games are expensive. If you park, you'll probably pay, like, 50 bucks. But you could take a train from, I mean, basically any suburban area in a two-hour radius of the stadium. Like, when I lived in Connecticut, I could take a train to a Yankee game if I wanted to and not have to pay that parking fee. Uh, So I hope they figure that out at some point. I wanted to try the uh, there's there's actually a way to get there through a metro, um, and Steve, you, public transportation is probably much better in New York than it is in L.A. Yeah, it's it, we're we're an anomaly, but even like even in like Chicago, you could take a train to City Field or Soldier Field. Yeah, that that it's not perfect, but I I wanted to try it this time around. Problem was, it was actually pouring the previous day, so I didn't know if um, I didn't know if it was gonna rain. Um, it, it did a little bit, but um, you know, being the pub- public transportation that LA has, you're not always covered. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna drive, and it cost <laughs> me seventy dollars. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, all right, well let's. Talk about some of our these lingering issues with the Rams. I guess, obviously, the the offensive struggles have started, and I won't say ended with because I think there are 
I think a lot of people are exclusively blaming the offensive line here. Um, and let's like before we get into the injuries, I think my my issue with just blaming this entirely on the offensive line, and I will accept giving them like eighty percent of the blame for the offensive struggles this year, is that even though it wasn't as colossal of a failure of an offensive line in twenty nineteen as this one is, and again I. I give the front office a little bit of blame for how bad this line is, but obviously they didn't sign, they didn't build this line thinking that everybody would get hurt. So you can't throw that much blame at anybody. Um, but if we sat here on the podcast and said, well, everyone got hurt, what are you going to do? This podcast will be five minutes long. In 2019, the offensive line was bad, and I feel like we didn't really adapt to the line being bad and ultimately just suffered. And one thing that made me feel good in the second half of this game is that they started to do different things, and everyone kind of adapted to the weaknesses of the offensive line. And so I hope that is a trend moving forward, and I think it's the bye weeks come at a perfect time because hopefully McVay does adapt to this line that's going to be terrible for the rest of the year. You know, there is no way. If, if this line is better than a bottom 10 offensive line, it's a fucking miracle with all these injuries they've had. But I'm not crazy for saying that, like, other people deserve a little bit of blame beyond just offensive line injuries. That is the majority of our problems, but that's not the only problem. Yes and no. So I, I hear what you're saying. And you can't just force all of your issues into one area. Because, yes, the biggest issue is the offensive line. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Now, there is people to blame about that, you know, particularly Les Snead and Sean McVay for not, you know, seeing that um, – the offensive line was going to be going through changes. Now, nobody can predict that injuries of this, you know, <laughs> this amount of injuries is going to be hard to predict for any team. But this, at the same time, I felt like going into the season, the offensive line depth was dangerously low and not even just at a certain position, but at all positions that we're talking about basically, uh, you know, having very little offensive tackles. Basically, your only tackle was uh, your only true tackle, I should say. Um, that was a backup was Alaric Jackson, who ended up having to move to offensive guard because the guards that they had on there, um, <laughs> as their depth was so terrible. Really, what's the point in having them if they're that terrible? Um, you have zero backup centers other than your other starter. And then he went down and now you had to scramble to get a guy that did atrocious in the preseason. Um, yeah. So not having that foresight in, you know, basically running extremely thin was a risk. And unfortunately it, it backfired. So in that regard, you do have to blame, uh, Les Snead and Sean McVay for not being prepared enough. And again, this is not exactly a position where you could uh, find any position player on the street and say, here, play offensive line for us. It It's a, one of the most challenging positions in football. So, yeah, and the fact that pretty much every single player or every uh, position on the offensive line is affected except one player um, does not help matters at all. So, yeah, their, you know, preparation for this has to be blamed. Um, again, you can't fault them too much because you can't predict injuries. But, yeah, it, it's it's not the only problems that the Rams are facing either. Uh but at least I can say that probably about 80%, 80 to 90% of the Rams' overall problems are there. Yeah. Because, oh, 
Uh, other than that, I mean, what's your next biggest issue? Running back? Yeah, I guess so. Your quarterback hasn't played that well. Your yeah. $15 million receiver hasn't played that well. Though he had a good game this week. Moving in but the right even direction. Then, like, how could you argue that exactly? I mean, yeah, he, he hasn't been playing well, but at the same time, this is the same quarterback that took you to a Super Bowl and won. So, like, it's uh, I'm not saying that Matthew Stafford being our quarterback is like a bad decision, but he needs to be better. You know, he does. He should take some of this blame. Um, and I think no him, question. And, and again, like, we're going to sit here and nitpick, but I we're both in agreement that 80 to 90 percent of the problems are the off the entire offensive line got hurt. I would say it's probably like 80 percent that. 10% that this unit was poorly constructed slash is playing bad and then 10% the rest. But obviously, like, again, this is not me saying that the team was built to fail because you don't build the team and expect the whole fucking line to get hurt. Four of the starters have been hurt this year. Um, luckily, we should be getting Brian Allen back after the bye but that'll still still only be two starters and three guys that didn't play, which has essentially been the norm this year, which is insane. I think an issue for me is that, like the guys that have played that were supposed that were starters at the start of the year, also have been bad. In in part of that is a lack of offensive line continuity, and part of that is. You know, the, the lines can be as good as some of their parts, but again, like both Note Boom and Havenstein got beat have be, gotten beat a lot this year. And um David Edwards has was not very good a lot of the time either, who's been a guy that we've relied on a lot. I don't really have any thoughts on Shelton. Um Brian Allen barely played. So it's just that's also part of it that's a little frustrating to me is that like and I think I've said some positive before. If this line was healthy, it doesn't mean it would have been a good unit. But obviously, it probably would have been better than what we've been dealing with. Yeah, I I, I would love to have known what exactly or how exactly the offensive line, the originally intended offensive line, would have fared other than against the Buffalo Bills. But um, we'll never know at this point, you know, because, uh, yeah, most a good chunk of our starters are out for the year. So, yeah, it's like fun. that for us. You know, it's funny, like. Um, and before the like, I'm sure they're going to put this Rams Bucks game on TV. It's a marquee matchup playoff rematch from last year. This is going to be a fucking horrible game to watch. These are not exciting football teams right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, in a way, you can almost say the Bucks have had some of the Rams' bad luck with injuries. But I would say our offensive line is a lot worse standing than theirs. We've had more injuries, but their players that got injured are better than our players that got injured. Like, that's fair, right? But yeah, ours you is definitely worse right now. Yeah, like I, I yeah, exactly. I, I think Tom Brady would love to have Tristan Wharf's back and yeah. <laughs> um so obviously like the big injury news is Joe Nopum out for the year, torn Achilles, huge bummer. Um sucks for everyone involved. In terms of how the Rams are gonna move forward, Alaric Jackson stepped in in this game. Was wasn't a downgrade? Uh I don't think so. It's what yeah. it's it's a like a half a football, so we, we take it with a grain of salt. But he looked as promising, filling in for a player who got injured at, at this position as any of our replacements have been this year. I would say this was probably the the performance where we we're like, wow, okay. Uh, maybe this will, maybe this specific spot will be okay. But again, it's the Panthers. 
who I guess defense isn't horrible. Um, San Francisco and Tampa are no joke. It's horrifying that we're missing our starter. Maybe they get somebody to come off the couch in the next two weeks and fill up the spot. I'm not counting on it, but it's certainly not impossible. But, I mean, how are you feeling about this specific situation? You know, I, I'm i actually real happy because um, I think we've seen in, like, um, in, like, the preseason and, and, you know, overall camp hype that Alec Jackson has kind of been that guy that's been highly praised. And that's great. But typically speaking, preseason Warriors don't really translate well into the NFL level, uh, you know, main starting NFL level. Uh, so the fact that Jackson can s- step up and be that guy, um, you know, and mind you, I'm not suggesting he's a pro bowler or anything like that, but all things considered, he played very well for a guy that was just being used as the starting guard and and you know it says a lot that the rams can rely a lot on him i mean don't really have a choice but at least they can rely on him to be that special player um and it's it's a positive thing going into the future because it's you know if if he continues to play at a higher level maybe he can have a starting role in the future uh, along with a healthier offensive line I mean, to be honest, if if uh, if we're playing devil's advocate here, if the Rams' offensive line was all healed and we have our starters back, I would, in a heartbeat, replace David Edwards with with Alaric Jackson um, as our starter. I I don't know. Is that weird to say? Like no, but it's tough. It's it's tough that we can say that because Edwards was a pretty good starter for the last couple of years. But yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree. <laughs> it, I I like David Edwards. I certainly think he's a much better option than say putting in a guy like Poppy Evans. But um, you know, I I think it may come to that. Uh, you know, maybe down the line where you'd have a tough time figuring out should you start David Edwards or Jackson, uh, considering that the Rams will be able to sign him next year. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a free agent this upcoming year. David Edwards, right? Correct. I think I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, if Jackson beats him out, we are going to have a lot of holes to fill on this roster. And so... If you could start filling some of them internally, that's delightful. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. There's obviously some long-term implications with no boom. He's pretty much locked up for next season. Achilles' injuries are horrifying, though I think offensive line, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably the position you'd be least concerned about your player losing a bit of himself coming back from this injury. That's better than a running back. Yeah. Oh, good transition, Johnny. That's pro podcasting <laughs> right there. So we're obviously a little late to the party here, but uh, near the end of last week, a lot of weird shit came out around Cam Akers. He just got – they just announced he wasn't playing this week for personal reasons. Obviously, people nudge Sean McVay on that because they want to know what's going on. He said Cam Akers personally is fine which is obviously a relief when you hear stuff like this. But basically what has come out is that there is a football-related and philosophical difference um, between the two sides here. And so as a result, the Rams are looking to trade Cam Akers and trying to get him a fresh start. Now, I take this with a grain of salt because I am not in the building, so I don't know what's happened. Um but as somebody, I if you listen to this, you know I'm a 76ers fan. I watched a Ben Simmons saga that went on for a year where basically um, Ben Simmons, who is our uh, NBA player on the Sixers and now the Nets, was one of the 25 best players in the NBA, signed a giant contract, 
had one god-awful playoff series, basically got ran out of town. Everybody turned on him. He didn't feel like anyone had his back. Uh, as a result, he went. He requested a trade and said he was dealing with mental health issues. Um, I hope he's telling the truth about his mental health issues. You never know. It's, it's a very complicated situation. The reason I'm bringing this up is... Johnny, Ben Simmons was one of the – he was the second-best player in the Sixers when all that happened, okay? He was awful in the playoff series, um, and he does that, and there's a lot of back and forth. Cam Akers is – out of all the Rams that have played this year, maybe one of the worst players that has had a significant role on this team. Out of all the players who have actually – Carved out roles this season. I think I would say he is the worst one on the roster performance-wise. And the Rams have had nothing but his back as far as I could see coming back from this injury. They gave him a big role in the playoffs despite no continuity. And he, for the most part, wasn't very good in the playoffs. They still go to bat for him this season, give him the ball a lot despite his backup being better. This is some Bush league bullshit from Cam Akers, man, as far as I could tell. And if a story comes out that justifies how Cam Akers is quitting on the Rams, that's fine. Maybe this is just them covering for the Rams, just benching him. That could also be a scenario, but if they weren't going to completely remove him from the rotation, and he just doesn't want to be here. I don't fucking get it, man. This is mind-blowing stuff to me. Uh, because he has not earned this. You know, say what you want about Ben Simmons. I've said a lot of shit about him in my life. He at least earned the respect of being like a multi-time all-star and an all-pro caliber player. Cam Akers is probably one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL this year. And so I just don't understand what is going on so this is a a complicated question to answer here because i i think that there's just a whole lot of frustration between not only you know sean mcveigh but with cam Akers also because before his injuries he was the man, you know, he was, uh, you know, it was thought that he was going to be the future running back for, for the Rams and he gets injured. It's a severe injury and clearly he's not as efficient as he used to be. That being said, you take, you take all that frustration and you see that he basically has to work his way up to, um, becoming, you know, the lead back. And so Sean McVay, I think, tried his best to kind of instill confidence in him by, you know, trying to make him earn it, even though he didn't really. And he even tried giving him the lead role outright, and it was very clear that it wasn't working. Now, mind you, it wasn't completely Cam Akers' fault. Again, we just talk 20 minutes about the offensive line being terrible uh, because of injuries. But, you know, you, you take all that into perspective and it's like, well, damn, you know, uh, I can understand the frustration on all sides here. So I got to give props to Sean McVay here because you could tell he's frustrated with, with Cam Akers. You could tell that he's lost faith in him. So instead of, you know, just outright blaming him, just saying, well, Cam Akers, you're not the same guy you used to be. Um, You aren't living up to your potential. Um, And having this big old ugly feud, like basically what we just saw with the Panthers and Roby Anderson, you know, they basically did it privately, basically said, uh, well, you know, um, clearly something isn't working here. Uh, maybe if he sees a change of scenery, it can be the boost that Cam Akers needs in his career. 
I gotta I gotta hand it to Sean McVay because you know even after all this frustration, he's still handling this as classy as you could possibly handle it, and it's one of the reasons why he's very well liked among the players. Yeah, he's handled it great. Um, and you know, he's probably handling it so well, Johnny, because I don't think it's a coincidence that the Rams had their best rushing performance of the year last week. <laughs> to be fair, they played against the Panthers. I that's true. Um, but they also played the Cardinals. They had more yards in this game. I genuinely think this is addition by subtraction. And if they could even get a fourth-round pick in a Cam Akers trade, huge win. Massive win. A fourth-round pick? I'm thinking like a, a seventh-rounder in They probably will get like a sixth-rounder realistically. Maybe even, like, yeah, it might not be a seven. There might be no one that wants to trade for him. I, I, I think there will be a team that will be willing to take a chance on him because – but it will be for a very, very small price tag. And, you know, I, I think if the Rams can get a sixth-round pick this year or this upcoming year for him, uh, I think that's a win. I think they trade him to Atlanta for a sixth-round pick very soon is my prediction. I, You know, I would be more confident if there weren't so many other running backs looking for a change of scenery also. I just, you know, the whole, you know, there's, you know, guys out there that we, we've we been eyeballing, you know, guys like you, uh, Christian McCaffrey's, the Kareem Hunt's, the, um, you know, James Robinson isn't loving his situation out there with Jacksonville still. Nah, I don't and, think he's getting traded. I think he is liking his situation. I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, he's had a, a reduced role the past few games. Yeah, I guess that's true. But um, I think the difference is a lot A lot of these names that have come up, like McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, uh, even guys like Dearness Johnson in Cleveland, these are not players that, like, they're not on sale. You know what I mean? Like, the Vikings aren't just going to give away Alexander Madison. Uh, the Browns aren't just going to give away Dearness Johnson. Obviously, the Panthers are going to give away Christian McCaffrey. Those are guys that you need to pay up for, and I think that Akers is going to be available at such a discount. Um, I think the problem is there's only so many teams that would actually be looking to acquire a running back. Um, Arizona, maybe, if James Conner's long-term, I don't think they would trade him in the division. I like it's really like it's kind of like just Atlanta of a team that a needs a running back and b like has time to do this experiment. You can you could argue um, Miami, Baltimore. I but I don't think those teams want to get involved in this. And Denver maybe with Javante Williams out, but I don't know. I think they're just gonna dump him yeah i i think it's a possibility that he might just be outright cut um which is fucking crazy (laughs) after like think about where we were in february this guy just miraculously came back from a achilles injury and played in the playoffs and now he literally might get cut yeah just the, the nature of the beast you know I or or maybe we can uh, do a swap, you know, uh, Cam Akers for James Robinson. It's fair, right? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what the? I don't know. I, I don't even have a response. I could see him be like if if a Christian McCaffrey trade was gonna happen, he, I think he'd be in it. But I don't think that's gonna happen. No. And I I don't blame the Panthers for not wanting to give him away. But I also, I don't know, you know, they are they going to rebuild the team in the timeline of Christian McCaffrey's age? 
I don't know. I guess it's better for whoever the next quarterback is to have him there versus not have him there. What did you think about Malcolm Brown and Ronnie Rivers uh, in this game? <laughs> well, it was nice to see Malcolm Brown back. Uh, you know, uh, I had no issues with Malcolm Brown. He came back um, and, you know, a bit of trivia. He is the first player to ever score in SoFi Stadium. That's so, true. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of nice. I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping to see another touchdown from him. But, eh, no big deal. Um sure there'll be other opportunities. As for Ronnie <laughs> for Rivers, geez, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I saw him, you know, live, and I'm just thinking, who the hell is this? Uh, I even texted Steve. I'm like, who the hell is Rivers? And because I, I even missed where the Rams had signed him to the practice squad. I don't know if I just, if I just missed that completely or, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because to put things into perspective, you know, the Rams had held on to Jake Funk for so long but they were so unconfident in Jake Funk that they had cut him and then just brought to the roster and used uh, Rivers just like that. That is fucking wild, and I honestly didn't really think about the fact that, yeah, they cut Jake Funk during this. Like, during this situation, they were just fine with cutting him. (laughs) Yeah, it just... It, it baffles me like and it's it's funny because it kind of validates you know um our our feelings on, on jake funk because i felt like for a while that steve and i were about one of the few people that just didn't understand the fixation on jake funk because everyone seemed to think that jake funk was something special and, and don't get me wrong i mean you know, maybe on special teams they saw something that we didn't. But as a running back, I haven't seen anyone that was so lackluster than Jake Funk in a while. No, he's not good. Um, <laughs> I think he got picked up by somebody's practice squad. Do you think the Rams make a move at running back ultimately here? Or do you think they just wait to bring back Kieran Williams and roll with what they have. Maybe some like on it, like uninspiring free agent acquisitions. Basically I'm asking you to get trade for running back. Uh, do I think they're going to trade for running back? If there is going to be a trade for uh, a trade, a running back, it'll be uh cam Akers. But yeah, I, that's, that, that's going to happen. I mean, do you think the Rams will acquire a running back to replace him? No. In a trade. No, I I'd like I mean I, I see a lot of fans out there, you know, asking for Christian McCaffrey, and I just I can't help but shake my head because don't get me wrong, I'd love to have Christian McCaffrey on the Rams, but I'd also love to see Christian McCaffrey actually do something because for as horrible as the Panthers are, I would swap offensive lines with them in a heartbeat. You know? It, this is not his fault, dude. This is not his fault. It's not. It's not. So, you know, you're you're basically putting Christian McCaffrey in potentially a worse situation for him health-wise. I, I just, I don't see the point in acquiring McCaffrey. I would much be much more interested in reacquiring Austin Corbett. Uh, just I don't know how we'd be able to pay him. Uh, I agree that they should trade for Lyman instead of McCaffrey. I would love if they were able to get somebody like Dearness Johnson from Cleveland, but for whatever reason, the Browns don't seem like they want to trade him. But, yeah, I mean, it just, I think it just depends on the quality of Lyman you could get because, listen, McCaffrey's averaging four and a half yards a carry. He's averaging eight and a half yards per catch. Like, he's playing well. He's on pace for a really good year on a bad offense where he's basically the only threat and the entire game plan is around stopping him from every team. 
So the rumor is they want multiple firsts. Even one first is too much for the Rams to trade for McCaffrey. Hypothetically, if they, if they could get him for a second-round pick, yes or no? Yes. I agree. And I think you have to gauge what else that pick can get you. But I would trade a second-round pick for him. I wouldn't trade that for any other running back in the league that realistically could be acquired. I mean, to put things into perspective, that would be the equivalent of trading Tutu Atwell for, for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> hey, Atwell had a nice run in this game. You know? He did. Well, it was nice. We'll take it. Um, a couple quick hits before we wrap up. Um, Greg Gaines had a really reduced role in this game. Um, he only played 20, 27% of the snaps. I think it was 12 total. Uh, Marquise Copeland took a big chunk of his reps. He had 55% of the snaps. McVay did say that Gaines was dealing with a sore shoulder. So that might have been the issue. I kind of think this is a non-story unless this happens again in week seven or week eight. Well, what do you think? It, it has me wondering a little bit. I, I didn't actually know that uh, McVay had mentioned about um, uh, Gaines having a sore shoulder. Yeah, but he uh, did play. Does... So, like. Yeah. And, and I can understand because, you know, obviously that that will slow you down. But, um, you know, I it, it made me question because Marquise Copeland was playing relatively well in this game. Uh, you know, maybe it was just the terrible play of, of uh, the Panthers, but I thought Copeland did re- really well in this game. And, and it's nice to see because that's basically what Greg Gaines did to overtake uh, Sebastian Joseph days. I mean, in a way, he he, he kind of uh, got help, you know, when, when they got injured. But, um, you know, the fact that, that Copeland's kind of taking advantage of every time he's, uh, every opportunity he's getting, that's, that's a good sign, you know. Um, hopefully this can continue because, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been – a great season for the defensive line then i mean even aaron donald's kind of having a down year to be honest of course he's been the only one getting pressure so (laughs) yeah (laughs) that doesn't help either a down year for aaron donald is true but like he's still one of if not the best players in the nfl yep yeah i i'm interested to see how this plays out yeah copeland looked fine he looked pretty good um, there are other Rams related topics that I think we could hit on after the bye, like guys come back from injury, Donald Robinson, etc. Um, since this is relevant, the Cardinals traded for Robbie Anderson. It seems like the reason they made this trade is because Marquise Brown is going to the IR, and so they're going to they need a replacement for him in a pinch. They're getting. God, is it next week? DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, yeah? Yep. So, I don't, like, is there a wide receiver? Yeah, I guess the wide receiver room is better because DeAndre Hopkins is back. But going from the potential of having Hopkins and Hollywood Brown to now you have Hopkins and Robbie Anderson is not great. You know, it's kind of a... It's kind of a low risk, high reward kind of thing for me. Yeah, it's a great, it's I a good deal. I would, I, I get why they made it. Yeah, I, I don't. If you're expecting Anderson to be, you know, Hollywood Brown, then, then yeah, you're going to be severely disappointed. But you know, I feel like Anderson didn't have the best situation in Carolina, and while he should have handled that situation a lot better than he did. Um, Hey, he has another opportunity now to reinvent his career. And I think that it might be a good fit. You know, I think uh, going with a, you know, a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray, um, I think could end up being a, a, a good thing for him. 
Yeah, I, I honestly think that's a good deal for, for, for Arizona. Again, don't know how well he's going to do, but if there's one thing that Arizona is best at is the passing game, uh, especially when you get back DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a move that benefits Arizona in the long run. If yeah, if they if they figure it the fuck out while Hollywood Brown is out and then inject him back into this offense later in the season and you have DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Robbie Anderson, Zach Ertz, James Conner with Kyler Murray, if 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 they if they figure it out, theoretically that's an incredibly lethal unit. But this is a team that has scored less than 20 points in three of their last four games. They just they just got their ass beat pretty bad by the Seahawks. Shout out to the Cardinals because I bet against them in my four-team parlay that I've been making for four straight weeks that finally hit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy how bad they are. It's it's crazy how bad of a football team they are. I can't believe Cliff Kingsbury is still their head coach. It, it won't be for much longer. If they if they lose on Thursday to the Saints, do you think there is a possibility that he gets fired? I mean, each time the Cardinals lose, I think he's that much closer to leaving the building. I think if you start out two and five, yeah. They played some good teams, but if they have another pitiful offensive performance, like it does it make them better to fire him mid year? I don't know. I think like it's tough because we both already think he sucks, so like what are you gonna do? Uh I mean they just got spanked by the Seahawks. Yeah, I that's all you need to know. They're fucking bad. Um they're the worst team in the division. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's I think he's gone after this year, no matter what, unless they have a dramatic turnaround. Well, they need to have some turnaround. <laughs> and I'm not counting on it. Uh anything before we wrap? I just wanna do a quick shout out. I actually promised uh one of the listeners, um longtime listener. Um, a shout out last week, but I forgot because I'm I'm stupid. Um, but shout out to Austin Alderman. I believe I pronounced his last name right. But yeah, Austin's been uh, a listener for for our podcast for a long time, and um, he he asked for a shout out. Uh, so yeah, here you go, man. Uh, shout out to you. He actually sent me a, a funny interview that Jalen Ramsey did with Matthew Stafford earlier. Um, which I thought was hilarious for, for those of you, um, you know, like interested in looking at some of the funnier side of, of Rams football, uh, give that, that interview, uh, a listen. It, it's hilarious. <laughs> that interview was great. Yeah. Shout out Austin. You can follow him on Twitter at Austin Alderman three. Uh, yeah, that's our guy. Appreciate all our long-term listeners too. Um, we appreciate all the love that you guys have given our little show here. Uh, we didn't even talk about Stafford's interception, but I guess we could talk about that later. Yeah, what's there to know? What he a, threw another pick six. What a fucking God, dude. One of his worst. One of his worst ever. And it was tough that, like, I wasn't confident they were going to win the game down 10 to 7. <laughs> but, hey, they won. Figured out later. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm just going to play a theme at Superbarrow, at Johnny5Not6, at Talk Rams. Uh, we will be back next week talking about 49ers again, I guess. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that. We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.